Hello, and welcome to the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. I'm your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. I've been studying the Tao Te Ching for just short of a year now, and have reconnected with a natural feeling of inner peace and contentment. I don't hold a doctorate, nor am I qualified to teach anything about the Tao Te Ching. I'm just an ordinary person who has experienced the wonderful side effects of following the Tao. Since everyone's experience with this wisdom is different, the only thing that I can hope for is that mine helps you to connect with a Tao in your own unique, personal way. Feel free to listen to each episode a day at a time, or anytime you need a quick Tao shot. You can listen while you're on your way to work, or after that, when you're winding down. It's always a good time to observe the Tao. In each episode, we'll do four things. One, we'll read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, I'll break it down into everyday language. Three, I'll share my own thoughts and experience. And four, I'll leave you with a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. Thanks for joining me today and enjoy this episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. Verse 38, Just Being Ourselves The superior virtue is not conscious of itself as virtue. Therefore, it has virtue. The inferior virtue never lets off virtue. Therefore, it has no virtue. The superior virtue seems inactive, and yet there is nothing that it does not do. The inferior virtue acts, and yet in the end leaves things undone. The superior benevolence acts without a motive. The superior righteousness acts with a motive. The superior ritual acts, but at first no one responds to it. Gradually, people raise their arms and follow it. Therefore, when Tao is lost, virtue follows. When virtue is lost, benevolence follows. When benevolence is lost, righteousness follows. When righteousness is lost, ritual follows. Ritual, therefore, is the attenuation of loyalty and faith and the outset of confusion. Foreknowledge is the flower of Tao and the beginning of folly. Therefore, the truly great person keeps to the solid and not to the tenuous, keeps to the fruit and not to the flower. Thus she rejects the latter and takes the former. That's verse 38 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Chu Takao. Next, let's break it down. This verse has two parts to it, and we'll take each part one idea at a time. 
whoa, that was a lot, right? Like, I'm just sitting here and I'm reading the superior virtue and this virtue and that virtue and benevolence and all this other stuff, right? It seems very high level, seems very heady, and that's okay um, if it seems that way to you too. Um, this one, this verse is uh, full. <laughs> But the good news is that we can we could we can put it simply, okay. So, um, like I said, there's two parts, and I feel like part one is talking about personal authenticity, and part two is talking about like authenticity in the world. Okay, so we're talking like so in part one, the superior virtue is not conscious of itself as virtue, therefore it has virtue. Okay. So basically it's saying, look, when you're being yourself, you're authentic. When you're trying to be something else, when you're striving to be another person or a better person, or you're striving to act like a better person, then that's when you lose authenticity. That's kind of what the whole thing says right there, right? Um, And, you know, Lao Tzu gives a little bit of a hint in terms of like when that actually starts to break down. Um when he talks about the superior righteousness acts with a motive, that means when we're trying to actually, it's, there's a difference between trying to always do the right thing and trying to make it look like we're doing the right thing. And sometimes the difference is very subtle within ourselves because sometimes we're trying to show ourselves that we're doing, trying to do the right thing. And I think that's what he means by righteousness right there. Um, so the idea is that when we're trying too hard, that's when we lose authenticity. And then, okay, so then he, you know, ties it off and says the superior ritual acts, but at first no one responds to it and gradually people raise their arms and follow it. What he's getting at there is, um, there's this idea of Li, L-I, and it was a Confucian idea at the time. And it was basically saying that there needs to be rituals and rules and music and all this stuff um, to codify society. And Lao Tzu argued that, well, no, you don't need all of that. You need the Tao. Um, you don't need to break things down. You don't need to codify it all. Um, because when you start doing that, that's when that's when folks start acting fake. Um so that's a little bit of context into that last part there. Okay. Or that, that first part. Okay. So let's go. So if the first part is all about like being authentic, uh, with ourselves, then the second part is what happens when we lose authenticity, but on a grander scale, like a scale of more people, more people than just us. So he gives a very clear denigration or a progression of how Tao gets lost. And this isn't a foreign concept for us. He says, when virtue is lost, benevolence follows. When benevolence is lost, righteousness follows, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it's basically him saying that, look, when you, this is the progression. This is how you know that you're caught in it. <laughs> um, and when you're caught in inauthenticity, these are the signs. Okay, so that's cool. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, there's there's a little bit of the flower of Tao and, and the beginning of Vali and, and all that kind of stuff. And really what that's pointing to is like, um, you know, he alludes in other translations that if you stay rooted, you stay rooted to the ground and you don't become the flower, which is not the actual tree. It, it It's fragile and it falls off despite the, its prettiness, right? 
uh, the idea is that staying close to ground helps you keep the uh, your authenticity. Okay, that's a lot, right? Um, but we can keep it simple. So to wrap that up, let's just remember that verse 38 has two parts. Part one talks about authenticity and part two talks about authenticity in the world. So let's put that back together. I'll read verse 38 again. The superior virtue is not conscious of itself as virtue. Therefore, it has virtue. The inferior virtue never lets off virtue. Therefore, it has no virtue. The superior virtue seems inactive, and yet there is nothing that it does not do. The inferior virtue acts, and yet, in the end, leaves things undone. The superior benevolence acts without a motive. The superior righteousness acts with a motive. The superior ritual acts, but at first no one responds to it. Gradually people raise their arms and follow it. Therefore, when Tao is lost, virtue follows. When virtue is lost, benevolence follows. When benevolence is lost, righteousness follows. When righteousness is lost, ritual follows. Ritual, therefore, is the attenuation of loyalty and faith and the outset of confusion. Foreknowledge is the flower of Tao and the beginning of folly. Therefore, the truly great person keeps to the solid and not to the tenuous, keeps to the fruit and not to the flower. Thus he rejects the latter and takes the former. Let's take a look at some of the things that this verse made me think about today when considering just being ourselves. There are two things. Number one is society, government, and the Tao. And two is the Tao and authenticity. Society, government, and the Tao. There was a time before society, before governments, before politics. There was a time when the people formed small groups for survival. Maybe they followed the wild game, moving from place to place, depending on the seasons. Maybe they stayed in one place as they learned to grow crops. Life was hard work, but good. Then there was a time when, after settling and farming, the people enjoyed themselves. They were visited by neighboring communities and exchanged different things to eat, different things to wear, things to make life a little more interesting. Perhaps the neighboring communities forged marriage bonds with each other so that their fates were linked and they could rely on each other for protection. Then there was a time when the linked communities were visited by others with armor and weapons. These new visitors offered grander protection from other hostile communities, and our inhabitants thought it was a good idea. So they sent their sons to serve the new visitors. The sons came back from time to time with gold and new things to wear, and it seemed good. One of the sons was selected for a higher rank with these visitors, and his village saw him about once a year. He told them of large buildings for lots of people. He told them of many different types of people visiting these buildings and bringing things from far and wide. He told them of the man that everyone came to see. One year... Our son came home with a few horses and other men. For protection, he said. The next year, he came with twelve horses and men. 
He left one of his men in the village to look after everyone, just in case. The year after that, our son left 24 horses and men, then asked the villagers to quarter them. It was for their protection, he said. And the villagers agreed. Now it was sometimes boring for the soldiers, so they would make their own fun. Sometimes in their boisterousness, because that's what soldiers are, they would be too rough with the villager. And this was okay once in a while, until one of the soldiers accidentally hurt one of them badly. When our son came home that year with even more soldiers, the villagers asked our son to control his men. Our son created rules for the soldiers to follow, and then made the suggestion that everyone follow the rules, not just the soldiers. And everyone agreed. All of a sudden, because there were rules, there were infractions. At first, it was understandable since everyone had to get used to them. But after a time, the villagers thought everyone should know better and began identifying and punishing those that didn't follow the rules. That year, when our son came home, there were lines of people waiting to see him, asking questions about this criminal or that one, what should be done with them. So our son told the villagers that he would leave another person, this time not a soldier, but someone called a minister. That person would be his representative, he said. So the minister created more rules, and as a result, there were more criminals. Upon seeing more criminals, villagers didn't want to be like them, so they started acting one way in public and another way at home. When our son came home the next year, he went to see his mother and father. You have brought many changes to our village, said father. Our son looked pleased with himself, and his father spoke again. It came at the cost of seeing you only once a year, and sometimes you skip a year in between. Mother nodded. We will probably never see you again after you leave this time, since we were caught breaking the rules and are about to be cast out, said father. Our son was angry. This is not right, he said. I will go see the minister. As he stood up, his father pulled on the son's sleeve. You should sit, he said. Why? asked the son. Did you not leave the garrison here? Yes. And did you not create rules for them? Yes. And what is the penalty for hurting a villager? The soldier should be cast out immediately. And you left the minister here to make more rules? Yes. I went to the well to help mother draw water, since she is old now. One of the soldiers was sleeping from the night's festivities on the well's edge. We tried not to wake him, for disturbing a sleeping soldier is against the rules. We were quiet, but in our old age we could not maneuver the full bucket around him. He woke, and not knowing where he was, thrashed around and threw himself off balance. He fell into the well, and it took three days to rescue him. There were many witnesses, and all said that we were the cause. This is not right, said the son. I will still go to speak with the minister. Father regarded son for a moment, then told him, Son, you cannot. If the rules are bent for the family of the prince, everyone will try to be prince, and many will die. Better to leave things as they are.
Goodbye. I wonder what other conversations in other homes were like during this time. I wonder if anyone behind closed doors, of course, yearned for a simpler time like our son. In this time, we can see this story play out over and over again. We see it happen with clubs, with organizations, with local governments, and of course, national governments. Is there a way to avoid all government completely? I mean, when there are more people, we need to find new ways to take care of each other, ways to share resources. And this takes organization and some structure, doesn't it? I guess my question is, at what point do we ask each other to follow rules for our own good? And at which point do we start creating governing bodies to supervise and punish those who don't, quote, fall in line? It seems that somewhere along the way, we start taking our human organizations a little too seriously. And that's when things go sideways. All of a sudden, there are rules. There are infractions. There are us people and those people. There is conflict. And people get hurt and hurt each other. We make a show of following the rules so we don't get singled out. Eventually, we lose the meaning and are just going through the motions. Lao Tzu says it starts with a loss of the Tao. He says, Therefore, when Tao is lost, virtue follows. When virtue is lost, benevolence follows. When benevolence is lost, righteousness follows. When righteousness is lost, ritual follows. Ritual, therefore, is the attenuation of loyalty and faith and the outside of confusion. So how does an entire group of people lose the Tao? It seems impossible to keep it, given the nature of how people just are in groups. I'd like us to consider that while this may seem true, we may still keep the Tao at our individual levels. While it may seem that others are losing the Tao, we can continue to keep it ready for them when they return to it. And if, from time to time, we lose the Tao as students, others can hold it, ready for us when we return. So let's have a look at keeping the Tao for ourselves and others in the next section. The Tao and Authenticity Do you remember being a teenager? I do. Like any other time in my life, I have fond memories and not-so-fond memories of that time. The fond memories were bonding with other people my age and discovering things about life together. Having some deeper understanding of how the world worked and still very innocent about a great deal. Those were tender moments. Then there was all the angst that came along with being an adolescent. What would they think? How should I be? How should I dress? What music should I listen to? Who should I be? There were so many social questions, none of which I knew the answers to, but desperately wanted to know. I remember being so unsure of myself and my relationships, so that when people told me to just, quote, be myself in situations, I hated that. What did that even mean? Well, Looking back, I think it meant, don't worry about how messed up you think you look. Accept what you are, which is something you don't know, and own it. Be that. Don't try to be another person that you're creating. There's no need to get ahead of your own beautiful development. <laughs> Great advice, right? I think that's what I would tell me if I had the chance. But I'm almost certain that the teenage me wouldn't have even heard it. <laughs> But what could it have looked like if I had owned all that turmoil? 
How much better off would I have been now had I started practicing, quote, being myself years ago? Eh, who knows? I think the point with the first part of this verse is to realize that it's not just okay, but productive to just be yourself, to own that messiness. Because Lao Tzu starts off with, the superior virtue is not conscious of itself as virtue, therefore it has virtue. The inferior virtue never lets off virtue, and therefore it has no virtue. Put another way, the authentic person doesn't try to be authentic. She just is. Now, at 43 years old, I know a great deal more about myself than I did then. And yes, not going to lie, that is comforting. (laughs) But you know what? I still have anxiety about stuff. Like, what's life going to look like in the next six months? Will I have enough insert whatever here? (laughs) Money, love, confidence, creativity, all that. Will I still be good enough? Well, it turns out for me that I need never worry about any of this. Just like, despite all that angst from adolescence, I turned out okay. And I'm positive that things will be okay six months from now, a year, five years, whatever. Even when my corporeal form dies, it'll still be okay. But how? How do I do this? How do I feel okay? Well, by being myself in the moment. I'd like to read from Brian Walker's Hua Hu Ching, copyrighted in 1992 and published by HarperCollins. In the paperback edition on page 44, it says... Why scurry about looking for the truth? It vibrates in everything and every not thing right off the tip of your nose. Can you be still and see it in the mountain? The pine tree? Yourself? For me, I think the whole being yourself thing applies to me just as much today as it did when I was much younger. The idea is to allow the doubt to provide. Allow the Tao to be. Allow the Tao to flow within me. I can just be myself, perceived imperfections included, with the Tao. It's already there for me. There's no need to take action and become virtuous. No need to try for benevolence. No need to try and be righteous. All of that is already present. Of course, there are things we can do to practice. Most, if not all of them, Involve giving of ourselves, funny enough. Giving to others is a wonderful way to practice non-action, or humility is a good word for it. I've noticed that when there is less Dan in my thoughts, words, and actions, the more Tao there is inside. There's more authentic Dan. And with that comes more peace, contentment, and joy. So to wrap up my experience with this verse today, and considering just being ourselves... I thought about two things. One is society, government, and the Tao. And two, I thought about the Tao and authenticity. For the final piece of this episode, let's consider how we can apply the principle of just being ourselves in this verse today. There are two things we can consider. Ourselves then and ourselves now. I'd like us to take a moment to sit with our past. Can you remember a time when you weren't sure if things were going to be okay? 
This can be during the teenage years, during your 20s, or even during life events. Perhaps it was with the death of a loved one. Perhaps it was a time of financial struggle. Maybe it was with depression or anxiety. We're just pulling this memory up to look at right now. There's no need to judge it. If you have trauma surrounding this time or event, you should be exploring it with a professional instead of with me right now, by the way. So, what was the time? Do you remember who was with you? Do you remember how you felt? Was there any anxiety about what was happening? Was there a struggle? Was there a point when you worried that being yourself wasn't going to be good enough? Was there a point when you didn't think that you would be good enough to handle the situation? Now let's come back to the present. Look around you. Are you a different person now? Did you grow through that time? Are things more okay now than they were back then? And can you see that how despite how the situation or time might have felt like you remained alive? And didn't things turn out okay? Now let's think about life today. Let's think about home, about work, or about friends. If you can look back and see how things turned out okay, don't you think the same would apply to life right now? Do you have worries about your home relationships? Are you worried about not getting the emotional support you need? At work, are you worried that you won't be valued for your skills or that someone else might be better than you? And with friends, are you worried that so-and-so might say something to make you look stupid? Are you thinking about how maybe you're not attractive enough, funny enough, or smart enough? Let's remember that with or without our consent, the Tao flows through us, and it's never doing it for any ill purpose. We could also say that it's not doing it for any good purpose either. It's just what happens. The Tao already flows through us. There is no need to force it, to stop it, or to enhance it. If we can step out of the way, we can become aware of it, quietly doing its work. We can allow the Tao to help us be our authentic selves. So that'll wrap it up today. To consider the principle of just being ourselves, there are two things we can consider today. One is ourselves then, and two, is ourselves now. To close out this episode, I'll leave you with a final reading of verse 38 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Chu Takao. The superior virtue is not conscious of itself at virtue, therefore it has virtue. The inferior virtue never lets off virtue, therefore it has no virtue. The superior virtue seems inactive, and yet there's nothing that it does not do. 
the inferior virtue acts and yet in the end leaves things undone. The superior benevolence acts without a motive. The superior righteousness acts with a motive. The superior ritual acts, but at first no one responds to it, and gradually people raise their arms and follow it. Therefore, when Tao is lost, virtue follows. When virtue is lost, benevolence follows. When benevolence is lost, righteousness follows. When righteousness is lost, ritual follows. Ritual, therefore, is the attenuation of loyalty and faith and the outset of confusion. Foreknowledge is the flower of Tao and the beginning of folly. Therefore, the truly great person keeps to the solid and not to the tenuous, keeps to the fruit and not to the flower. Thus, she rejects the latter and takes the former. Thanks for listening to an episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living with your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. In each episode, we do four things. One, we read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, we break it down into everyday language. Three, we discuss my own thoughts and experience with the Tao. And four, we look at a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. I'm pretty sure that as I learn about and experience more of the Tao, all my thoughts and lessons will change. I wish the same for you as you grow along your journey. If you found something meaningful in this podcast and would like to discuss it with others, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the subreddit Taoism. That's reddit.com slash r slash Taoism. Also, I'd invite you to share this podcast with friends if you think it would benefit them. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and peace. Thanks for listening.